Hey, this is your host, Jason Quarrel, again. No walk-up music, no robe, just gloves and trunks <laughs> and, and, and sneakers. And we're going to get right into it. The new life of the Spirit. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And uh, so we're going to get into that. Welcome to Whatsoever is True. Please check out the blog, whatsoeveristrue.com. And I make these podcasts. I write the blog because there's nothing more important than knowing the word of the Lord and applying his beautiful and perfect law word to every area of our life. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? This is it. So if you're wondering, hey, I'm saved, now what? Right? That's a good question. Now what? What's it supposed to look like? You know, am I supposed to dress different? Am I supposed to talk different? What am I supposed to do? Um, thankfully, we've got the scripture to guide us in this. So jump right into it. Romans 8, verses 1 through 3. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, that's me and you, by the way, if we have our faith in him. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And that's verses one, two, three. It goes on to say, in order that, you know, that uh, <clears throat> the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. Wow. We walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So um, we got to note a couple of things. Rainsford points out, that there is no condemnation. It doesn't say that there are no faults. It doesn't say there are no failures or infirmities or inconsistency or fleshly corruption. It doesn't say that. Um, in a way of speaking here, a Christian begins to love the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord, and sometimes we can't fulfill it because the flesh is weak. It's like if you try to go out for a run and you just can't finish that last like you know, a quarter mile or something like that. You're trying, you just can't do it. There's a big difference between that and staying home and eating chips and watching you know, a, you know, Netflix all day. You know what I mean? So the Christian life is one striving for personal holiness in gratitude to what the new life has been poured into you. So as we go through the rest of Romans, especially the last five chapters, it's evident that we're encouraged to live by faith and to pursue righteousness. Like the church in Rome, our lives are full of things that, you know, we probably should avoid. Um, we'll get problems. We'll have, have issues come up due to due the old man, the old nature popping up. But uh, though we fail... And though we practice some things that we're commanded to leave behind, yet there is no condemnation. The reason for this is here in the text. God has introduced an entirely new set of principles into our lives. We live now in the law of the spirit of life. Jesus Christ has freed us from the law of sin and death. Um, yeah, th this is something that we really need to get in our heads. Paul never got over being saved, and neither should we. You know, here in the South, there's, there's an extraordinary amount of jubilation when our team wins an NCAA football title, right? Georgia has won, won this year, okay? Georgia's the national champion. Over the past couple of years, it was like Clemson, closer to home, to my home anyway. Um, they've climbed that very high mountain. This past November, and I'm not much of a college football fan, but I really am a baseball fan, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Uh, in all of those events, we often experience an intense outbreak of emotion, my son, who's not very emotional, actually shed a tear when the Braves won the World Series. Grown men who show little emotion over other things are literally known to shout, right? Because the team won. So, why do I bring that up? Well, think about that for a second. 
What did you just read? Really, I mean, just think about it. What did you just read? No condemnation. I mean, think about what that means. You're saved. I mean, the Braves won the World Series, but then there's another baseball season coming up. And and, and I'm you know, pretty sure, well, if there is one, there's, just, there's a lockout right now. But anyway, you know, um, you got to really wrap our brain around this. Here's another example. Music. A lot of us music lovers get swept up rapturously at a concert, overcome by the power of music. For others, it's movies. A great story might move us to experience deep emotion. You know, from my part, I remember watching the Chosen series, by the way, really good series. I often had tears running down my cheeks as I saw the Lord through the eyes of the very, very human and frail disciples. So there's so many moments and, that just were so powerful emotionally. And I was moved. With all of this said, uh, you know, I'm going to bring your attention back to the Apostles' text. It's been known to happen that a believer sometimes comes to a very powerful realization of their status before God. All of a sudden, with an emotional power that seizes their whole being, some have been overcome by the fact that though they deserve hell, Christ has taken away that judgment completely. And we know, of course, of the counterfeit displays of this. And we've seen, you know, some 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 churches where there's counterfeit displays of, of hyper-emotionalism. And that's not what we're talking about. But remember, that's a counterfeit of the real thing. The real charismatic is the one who is on fire in joy because they're saved. Right? So you, if you get in a frenzy, that's what you're in a frenzy about. We should consider that, remember, that those are fakes. Those are phonies. All of the other things are, or maybe they're types. You know, uh, rejoicing because your team won. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing unbiblical with that. But what do you rejoice over with your, with your faith? And what's been given to us. This would be kind of quite a shock. So it is okay for, for sane adults to lose their minds, so to speak, because their team won. It's certainly okay for them to weep joyful tears over the fact that um, there is therefore now no condemnation, right? When you look at it from that perspective, it might be safe to say, in fact, that if you the more you understand sin and the inability of your flesh or any worldly way, any system, any organization to defeat sin, other than Christ and the cross, and really understanding your hopeless state that we're in before the law, the more we'll be moved by the fact of grace. I'd go so far as to say that, a, that often a person is saved for a long time before they start to understand the true nature of what's happened to them. Grace. Grace has happened. The love of God has been poured into a dead heart, and now that heart yearns to please God. It yearns to be free from sin. It used to yearn for the freedom from accountability. It used to dream of freedom from others, from responsibility, from risk, from accountability, from growth. It desired success and happiness, but not the Lord. And then even after conversion, many of us in spiritual immaturity, we ask the Lord for material blessings rather than the blessing of his presence. Now, through the renewed heart, informed by the Word of God, we come with that repentant heart daily to the cross for cleansing, weeping anew, tears of sweet joy in Christ. Chapter 3 of Romans gave us the truth about our justification. Chapter 6 told us that this is because of our union with Him. And chapter 7 explained it through our total identification with Him. And now, 
we know that there can be no, zip, zero, nada condemnation for us. The foundation of our life needs to be this truth or else we're going to go insane trying to live as Christians. Without this knowledge, we'll lapse into some heresy or another. Seriously, that's where it comes from. All of the problems come from just misunderstanding this, this central issue. The big one is mistaking perseverance of the saints for the perfection of the saints. We have the righteousness of Christ through faith. We're justified by an act of God, whereby he declared us who are ungodly to be righteous through faith. Romans 4 verse 5. This and only this is the foundation of our Christian walk. We're not perfect. He is. So let's not confuse perseverance with perfection. All right, so by faith alone, there is no condemnation. And by the love of God alone, right, by the love of God alone, the gratitude that rises up within the redeemed heart, knowing that it's received mercy upon undeserved mercy, we pursue personal holiness. The love of God poured into our broken hearts compels us, guides us, instructs us in the way of the Spirit. By faith alone, we'll put to death the deeds of the body. By faith alone, we'll overcome our lusts, our anger, our fears, our failures, and our flesh. The love of God in Christ Jesus is the motive and the truth of our lives. It's the foundation of our being now, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory that is to come. For example, see Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Okay, but okay, okay. But what about the law of sin and death, right? What about the law? It's abolished. We're set free to live in the new life of the Spirit, which is the freedom to the principles of the Word of the Lord. Our living, which is our sanctification, in other words, if you're breathing right now and listen to this, you're being sanctified. You should be. Is the growth that comes in the measure that the principles of Scripture saturate our minds. You get that? Our sanctification is a growth that comes in the measure that the principles of Scripture saturate our thinking. Justification and sanctification aren't separate acts. We're a veritable new creation able to call upon the name of the Lord, Abba, Father, with confidence. We can now walk after the Spirit because He lives in us. Not because of our works, but because of our faith. Because of faith. So, were we saved by faith so that we can walk in the old way? Of course not. This is why it's so important to understand how it is we were saved because that's the same power, the same principle that we walk in now. All right, so let me close this up here. Um, about 100 years ago, David Starr Jordan, probably never heard of the guy, former president of Stanford University, I had to look this one up. He delivered an address on the value of education, and he was a prophet for the value of education. He promised that it would lead us, education would, to dismantling warships. And instead of our warships going into battle, we'd be carrying, they'd be carrying doctors and nurses and teachers to every dark corner of the globe. <laughs> education would deliver mankind from the darkness of ignorance. Education, in David Starr Jordan's worldview, was salvation. He didn't preach the cross, he preached the university. Well, the reason I bring that up is right not, not very long after that, um, probably much to his embarrassment, the First World War broke out. Those warships weren't broken down. If they were broken down, it's because they got bombed. <laughs> Education didn't cause us to beat our swords into plowshares. Why was he wrong? 
because look at our text. The law, weakened by the flesh, can't save man. No law, no organization, no plan, nothing. Because the heart's susceptibly wicked. It's just that it, that's, it is what it is. That's the whole point of this, this, this whole section of Scripture. And if the law can't save man, and law is holy and spiritual, education certainly won't do the trick either. Neither will riches, neither will romance, nor art, or politics, or anything else in all creation. What will? Only faith in the Son of God. All who look upon him will be saved. Oh, if you're planning on if I just like let's say you're you're a uh, you're a musician, you're an actor, you're you just get this role, you just get this thing done, and you'll be okay. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're still in sin. Those would be nice things, but only insofar as that they're part of your sanctification and your faithful living towards God. What if you're an artist? What if you're a business person? What if you're uh, a stock clerk? Anything that you do, when you start looking at your life and your imagination runs ahead of you, your dreams start running ahead of you, what are you dreaming about? There is therefore now no condemnation. You're set free from sin. That's your big problem, not your circumstances. Those will change as you change, as God moves you forward. There's an old story about a man who was picked up by the British in um, the war zone after World War II. Germany and Berlin was all divided between the Soviet side, American side, British side, and so forth. Well, um, the British picked this guy up, right? They arrested him, and he was wanted by the Soviets. So he was, I think he was a Russian citizen. He was wanted by the Soviets, and apparently he was guilty of some, some whatever crimes that they had. Um, the British refused to hand him over because they knew that if, he, if they handed him over to the Soviets, they were going to kill him, and they'd be executed. So they didn't think that he was that bad of a man. They thought the charges were trumped up. Whatever it was, um, the man was released. So they let him go, and he went into Western Europe. We went on to live the rest of his life as a free man in a new land. And I think that's a good way of looking at what's happened to us. We're, just, we're dead before the law. We are guilty. But now we're no longer under the jurisdiction of the law of sin and death. We live in a new life as a spirit. We have been set free. We will not be turned back over. You will not be turned back over. Jesus Christ will not change his mind. right? He won't break up with you. So... That's the source of our joy. That's the source of our confidence, faith, not works. That will inspire works. Yes, it will, because we're debtors not to the flesh, but to the spirit. And it sets forth a wonderful and glorious path of life where you try to, you glorify the Lord and serve your neighbor. And how is that organized? Through the spirit, through the principles of the spirit, and through the adherence to the principles of the word of the Lord. There you go. And uh, that is the new creation that we are. And we are indeed a new creation, living by faith. The righteous by faith shall live by faith. That's Romans 117. I'm going to paraphrase of it. But anyway, I'll close with that and I hope that this was edifying. As always, there's nothing more important in all of life than living by the principles of the Scripture. That's our life. Our life is in the Spirit. Our life is, 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 is a magical journey with Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. We identify in Jesus Christ. We have the, His life of the Spirit in us right now. So we're not looking for our validation through things, through money, through success, through conquest. We have our validation there at the cross. We were buried with him. We were crucified with him. We were baptized into his death. And so therefore, we will share the resurrection with him in the age to come. So 
Again, hope this was edifying. Hope it was helpful. And uh, I do pray the Lord blesses you and and all is well on your side, uh, wherever you're listening to this from. And I will catch you guys next time.